This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution. That will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jim Kawakami, the editor-in-chief of the very athletic Bay Area. Jim Kawakami. Tim Kawakami, who's covered the NBA for over two decades, and more specifically, the Golden State Warriors over the last 12 years. This is the TK Show. Hey everybody, Tim Kawakami here, TK Show, recording from the home studio. I'm overdue to have on as my good luck, good luck charm guest, uh, Tom Tolbert, you know him, KMBR, Warriors Radio, had him on as one of my first ever guests of the origination of the TK Show. That's 2015, Tommy. That's a little way, way to go. Uh, turned out pretty well. Then when we had another iteration of the show, I, when I went to The Athletic, Tom Tolbert was one of my first guests, was good enough to come on. That turned out pretty well. Now that we're at Odyssey... Have to have Tommy on in the first few guests. This is just automatic. Uh, you are kind <laughs> enough to do this for me. Don't mess it up, Tom. Don't mess it up. No, actually, it would probably be me here. Tommy, how are you doing today? Thanks for coming on. I'm doing good, Tim. Yourself? I'm good. I'm good. We're in the middle. So we're, I was just saying, we'll get to Otani in a little bit. Uh, yeah. there is, we are recording this at 11 a.m. on Friday. As there is breaking news, apparently, there is a report that he's signing with the Blue Jays. It has felt that way in the morning hours, but no yeah. confirmation. But just so we, we're talking that about, we're going to talk about it conditionally. We don't know for sure. I'm sure. pretty strong feeling it's not the Giants, but we'll, maybe we'll talk about that. But Tommy, got to start with the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're playing the Thunder tonight, barely beat the Trailblazers a couple nights ago. Lots of talk about the rotation, talking about. What's Kerr going to do? He's got Kaminga, he's got Moody, he's got Pozemski, even Trace Jackson Davis. You've got the veterans who won championships, as Steve has said. Like, I believe in these guys because they won titles from one one not too long ago. Do you think there is, like, getting to a moment when, I mean, it's not either or, but it's just going to have to see these young guys in there more often uh maybe with a longer leash than has happened so far or do you still think that's a little ways off oh uh, i look you don't have a lot of good options right it, it's not like he's gonna shuffle the deck and all of a sudden 
You know, it's like it's like getting seven cards and your hands crap, and then you you close your eyes and and and, and wish really hard, and all <laughs> you open them up, you have a full house. Like, hey, whoa! I didn't know. I, I didn't see that. <laughs> no, I mean, you have what you have, and you can shuffle the rotation all you want to. It's still the same deck. So, I, the bottom line is, Clay is going to have to play better. Wiggins going to have to play better. They just are. Uh, are are they capable of it? I think so. Are they capable of it uh, in the same stretches uh, that they have been? That I don't know. That that I don't know if they can have like a good month. Uh, so far, they haven't come close to that. But I mean, like, when you're giving guys forty million dollars and close to thirty million dollars, those are the guys you're counting on to uh, to play big minutes and play well and play efficiently, and they just haven't. It just, I, I, that's the reality of the situation. You, you can switch the lineup all you want. You can take uh, Looney in or take Looney out. You can put Looney back in. You can not close with Wiggins. You can have Kaminga in a little bit more, maybe Moody in a little bit more. It's, it, it, this team is about winning championships. And I think that's, if you ask them, that's what their goal is to win a championship this year. So, you know, you may. I don't know. You shuffle the deck, you go from seven to six or six to five or 10 to nine, whatever the case may be. If you don't get premium performances, at least a decent percentage of the time out of those two, I don't care how you shuffle the deck. I mean, we're just talking about fringe stuff, basically. It's like, uh, you know, it's like it's like trying to cook pancakes without eggs. Like, okay, you know, we can kind of maybe make something that works, but it's still not going to be pancakes. I mean, you need the eggs. You got to have it. So if the ingredients aren't right, what are you going to do with it? And that that's just the way I see it. That it, it, you know, you might be able to work around the edges a little bit, but if two of your main players aren't playing close to uh, uh, to what you'd hope they'd play for, pay uh, what you're paying for or what you think they can do, I'm not sure there's an answer. Yeah, that's, I, I agree with you. I, I think that's a kind of a lonely spot to be on with this because everyone's like, you got to do this or you must do that. And it's like... Well, people are stupid. I mean... Well, we saw a cat just walking across the uh, screen there. Uh, I got no, distracted. The always, I just Gigantic jumped, cat just jumped across. Cat's always in the... <laughs> Pippi is always here. But I've always said this, and this is specifically true when it comes to sports and when it comes to politics. And there's probably other things too. But a person can be smart. People are stupid because people get together and just start shouting stupid stuff and then they agree with one another and then all of a sudden they think it becomes a movement. And what it does, it just becomes more stupid and it becomes louder and it becomes more stupid and louder. So I've always thought that if you sit down and talk with a person, you can have a rational conversation about politics. You can have a rational conversation about sports, about just about anything. The more people you add to it, the worse it gets. So I just, I, I just, I, I, long ago, I've stopped paying attention to people in multiples because all they want to do is shout about, and this is all they think they know about, but they don't really even know about that. They can't criticize the player, so they criticize the coach. They want to fire the coach or get rid of all officials. And here comes the cat again. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Uh, well, uh, dominator, right? Yeah. It, it, the officials and coaches fire yeah. the coach, and the officials screwed us. It's like I always tell people: officials don't screw you on purpose. They may be bad, mm-hmm. and it's just the luck of the draw. Sometimes they're going to screw the other team. Sometimes they're going to screw you. They're just not the, the officiating in all sports isn't that great nowadays. 
Uh, and then my favorite is, oh, he got out coached. All right, give me an, a specific example of how somebody got out coached. I don't know. He just got out coached. Yeah. That's what I'm okay. Lost the team. That's the one. Uh, I, I, I do think the margins, like you mentioned, is like I, I do believe. Like if if Clay isn't Clay, like at least they saw him in 2020, the 2022 playoffs, then they don't have another replacement for that. It might and Clay might not be the, the guy who is that, but you're not just plugging Moses Moody and you're getting 20 that that clay. Certainly not the clay of 2015, 2016. Uh and the same thing for Wiggins. You're just not getting that out of anybody except you know, and maybe it's useless to even hope that it's going to happen, but they're not a championship team that they start making major changes. They might be better than they are right now. And I under, I get that. Like you can integrate some more of that, but you're not going to be championship level. And and maybe that's gone. Maybe that's never coming back. But as long as Steph Curry is playing like he is and Draymond is close to what he was at his peak and he is defensively, certainly was at the end of last game, I thought. Um, you've got to try it for as long as you can with this group. Then you might make some alterations and closing lineups. And another name we haven't mentioned, Chris Paul. And I do think, like there's some like oh he was bad in the last game so he's done like it was coming back from a leg injury he was the big offseason move i do think he brings some different things he won great in the last game in fact he was bad and and he didn't play and and curry acted to that what kind i mean i'm not trying to say like oh my god he's listening to things but do you think kerr feels this pressure from the dynastic kind of holdovers to this possible like trying to work in new players and in I see it clearly with Clay as the main focus of this because Clay is such a proud player. Clay never wants to do anything but play the most minutes possible, uh, and, and probably will react poorly if he isn't closing, you know, and will really react if he isn't starting. How do you think Kerr is kind of balancing that right now? I, I, I don't know. I know it's really, really tough. And he told a story on on our show a couple of days ago. Uh, maybe it was last week how after they lost the game, I think it was the Sacramento game they lost, that he was in bed trying to go to sleep, tossing and turning and just couldn't uh, just couldn't get to bed. And he said, he said, Margo, his wife said, it's chill, it, it's November. Stop. <laughs> and he just said, I, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I don't know if people understand how much like he cares. And I'm not saying he's unique in that way because I don't know how the other coaches react. I would, I would think a lot of them similarly, but like he lives and dies with this stuff. Like he, he, he is so competitive. I've seen it since we were in college together. He, he was always the most competitive guy on the team. Like things didn't go our way or his way. And he'd get more frustrated than anybody else get upset. I mean, he just trying to figure stuff out. That's just who he is. That's how he's built. So I know for him, he's trying to figure out a way any way he can and to, to, to get this thing jump started. I don't know how he's going to do it. Like you have different personalities that, that respond to things differently. And I, I think if you're in it for the team and not just yourself, you understand where you are right now, record wise. And you say, look, whatever we, whatever we need, we need to get this thing going in the right direction. It can't just be about it, about me. It's got to be about what's best for the team. And and Clay would be the hardest one if he sat him come crunch time. There is no doubt about it. Wiggins has a personality that I think it's easier to do. Looney's been through it before over and over and over again. Draymond even sat in the finals against Boston, uh, you know, in fourth quarter. So he doesn't love it, but he, he, he deals with it. Steph's 
Now, obviously, a non-starter, he's going to play. Uh, he's one of the best players in the league. So, but Clay is the guy that you could see, like in certain situations. Steve's saying, you know what, you don't have it tonight, and we're going to go in a different direction. I don't know how he'd handle that. You're right; he is super proud, and he he is low key, probably between what perception is and what reality is, the biggest gap in what kind of competitor he is. Everybody thinks Clay is just, you know, like get on my yacht. Go hang out with Rocco, play some video games, just lead this kind of chill life. And I think, you know, outside the arena, he's probably uh, just that. But inside, this guy's fierce, man. Like, he really is prideful and really wants to play well. And I'm sure it still hurts him that he can't quite be the player he once was before those two injuries. And he's trying to find his way to get back to that. And I think what would be better for him is just accept who he is and 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 make try and make some adjustments to be the best player you can be right now. You don't need to be play of 2018, 2007. You don't need to be that guy, but you can't try to be that guy. You, you just can't because you're never going to be that guy again. Even if it wasn't for the injuries, we all get older and you're going to slowly decline. It's just that kind of expedited the the decline, the the injury. So he's got to find out like who he is at this point and try to be the best version of that guy. But I think it's really hard for guys that are Hall of Famers. They they just they want to be who they were all the time, and it's harder for them than let's say for a guy like me. I mean, my stuff, my game starts declining. It's it's very similar to <laughs> its peak, so it's very easy for me. <laughs> very easy for me to accept. But I think guys who have seen the highest of highs and experience the highest of highs, it's probably the hardest for them. And and you can see the frustration Clay has in his body language, in his face when when he's missing shots. And it's just, it's hard to, I'm sure it's really, really hard for him to kind of accept where he's at right now. We're talking about one of the best shooters in the game. Maybe the two best ever are on the court at the same time. And he just hasn't been able to shoot it the way I think he he knows he can. Can he get back to that? Can he do some other things to contribute to the team? Uh, we will see. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Yeah, I, I think that's the point with Clay. Also, it's the coming back from the two major injuries. Yep. Like he had, you know, he didn't get injured at age 32. He got injured like at age 28, I think, 29. And to lose to those two years, like that was him going to be at his best. And he lost two plus years, incredible amount of work to get back, incredible amount of just willpower to get back. Uh, and in the middle of his career, what would have been the prime and just feeling like I've worked so hard to get to regain this level. And then it's not quite there. I'm going to have to fight it. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. I'm going to fight it. Uh, and it's tough. And, you know, there is a line where he, if he's not, you know, effectiveness where it would be better for someone else to play some of those minutes. And I, I think they're dealing with that. They're seeing it. And it's going to be an interesting, tricky little thing or a tricky big thing for Kerr to deal with. And I think his teammates yeah. are kind of dealing with it, right? There's kind of like Draymond saying, hey, any of us cannot play down the stretch, even me. You know, like they're <laughs> throwing this out there. 
Uh, and we're seeing how Clay deal. And, you know, I obviously hit the tripwire on it last week, and that's fine. Um, but I think the funny thing was, Tim, you didn't even, you weren't even asking the question, and he jumped to it. Clearly, it's been on his mind, and he's he's thought about that. He's heard what people, I don't even remember people suggesting that, but it's something that maybe he had been thinking about, like, God, if I don't get this thing together, I could be, and then, because it was interesting the way he reacted to the question, uh, because it wasn't the question at no. all, and he, he just he right into it, like, uh, it brought him in there and Wiggins in there, so, I mean, look, he gets it, he's a, he's a smart guy, they, the, the people that don't get it, uh, it's just, you can't, again, it's like ingredients, you, you can't, be, it's like, it's like not being able to go to the store, like, here, here's what you have, you can't go out and get more. This is what you got. Go so unless they trade, highly doubtful. This is what you got. How good is it? And how do you rearrange the deck chairs to say, okay, how do we get a little bit better? How do we how do we marginally get better? Uh, but you know, it, it, I understand it. Uh, I'm in a medium where you know you're filling segments and, and you're doing columns, and so are other people. It's like, well, we can't just say Wiggins and Clay need to play better all the time. Like <laughs> that's 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 not all that exciting. Like, hey, I got an article for you. It's like five words: uh, Wiggins and Clay play better, and then send. We're done. But really, I mean, if I say anything other than that, then I'll be honest. I'm just kind of filling time at that point because really. That's what it is, period. You got two starters, two guys who have been all-stars, one guy who's going to be a Hall of Famer. They have to be better. If they're not, then it's just, it may be a slower descent. It may be a quicker descent. I don't know, but it's a descent nonetheless. It's just, if those guys don't play better, in my opinion, it's not a championship team. We did mention the trade, you know, questions, and that's my point has been the same. It's like, was Zach Levine going to come in here and, and change the dynamic? And add, by the way, adding uh, like $200 million to the yeah. to, to future payroll. I just don't see, I mean, do you see, I, I think Pascal Siakam is mentioned and clearly mm-hmm. if they could get him, that would change some dynamic, but he's a pending for agent. I don't know that they could get him. Uh, yeah. Do you see anything? <laughs> like if you said, man, if that one guy who I can sense is available, do you see that person out there? Uh, you know, I never really thought about it, but it's got to be somebody who is really athletic. Like, cause that's, that's one thing that jumps out at me watching this team. The younger teams are just crazy athletic. Like, I mean, Portland skill wise, sh- they shouldn't be in that game. Now, especially not with the guys they're missing. I mean, Aiton missing grant missing Brogdon didn't even play the second half of that game. And they pushed him for all their work. Like that's a team three or four years ago. The starters aren't even playing in the fourth quarter. It's it's like a 30-point game, and it's over. But it's not three or four years ago. It's now. And, you know, they struggle with those type of teams, those young, athletic, lengthy teams that can really get after you and, and cause you some problems. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 that they, they need some more athleticism. But, you know, Wiggins is really athletic. Wiggins is super athletic, and so is Kaminga. He is really athletic, uh, but Wiggins just hasn't been consistent. Uh, uh, and, and that's always one thing he's always been is consistent. He has never been super aggressive, but you look at his numbers throughout the course of his career. I, I always said you could put him in at the beginning of the year and just leave for seven months, months and come back, and it'll be between 17 and 18 points, about four, four and a half rebounds, and two assists, and, and, and an efficient 17, 18 points. 
at that. But he's not super aggressive, so he's he's very okay, like taking a backseat offensively. He can be very passive offensively, but they need his defense, and his defense hasn't been there as much as it has in the past either. Because he is that athletic guy that can get after guys and get on the boards and do stuff like that, and he just hasn't been as consistent with those type of games. And then Kaminga, Kaminga has very few peers when it comes to athleticism in the NBA. This guy is like a super athlete amongst super athletes he, it's incredible the problem with him is just the game the feel of the game like it is doing the right things uh more times than he does defensively are you rotating to the the right shooters are you not going for steals and putting your team in a compromising position are you taking quality shots are you taking above the break threes with 18 seconds left on the shot clock that you have no business taking are you being aggressive appropriately are you being sometimes overly aggressive and, and turning the ball over it, it just I, I thought against he played a great game last game six for six is always going to look good I thought the best I've ever seen him play I think it was against the Clippers uh the first nine minutes of the first half he had five rebounds in 10 minutes he made a couple of really nice passes saw the cutters he did take three threes but they were all great threes. The ball had moved side to side. The defense was moving. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, open corner three, let it fly. Even a wing three, defense is moving, boom, got it. Not the, you know, catch it, dribble into it, shoot a above the break three again with 18 seconds left on the shot clock. I think people on the Warriors have gotten confused over the years. Like, hey, the Warriors play a certain way and Steph does a certain day. Let's do that. No, 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 no. Steph does that. Steph does that, and Clay did that. Doesn't mean you should do that. I know the Warriors. I think Jordan Poole got caught up into that a little bit too. Like, hey, this is the way we play. No, 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 it's the way they play. Okay, <laughs> they're allowed to be a little nuts because of, of what they're able to do on the on the court. But you know, Kaminga, if he could just get that uh, that consistency to his game, uh, I think he would he would get some more consistent minutes. But it's the little things that he needs to do run the court all the time, play defense all the time, rebound all the time, take quality shots all the time. And, and he'll get his minutes. I have no doubt about that. The problem is those things have been kind of spotty, which is why he's not getting the minutes all the time. You mentioned Steve Karen so much. And that's like, I, I think he came back from the world cup even more, you know, eager to coach and knowing yeah. and he, he, this is what you've told me this. He's told me this. like, he thinks this is his life's mission. This is like, he's, he's a coach. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah. His contract is coming up. Uh, Bob Myers left last year uh, when his contract expired. Do you have any doubt? And I and I don't want you to have to speak for Steve. We know yeah. you're friends with him, so I don't want to put you on the spot. But just generally, not speaking for him or speaking for any but but yourself. Do you have any doubts that he'll be back coaching the Warriors next season? And will sign a contract that that takes him, you know, probably through the length of the Curry era? No, I, I don't. Uh, now that being said, would it surprise me if he just said I'm done? No, uh, he's always done his own own thing but i know he loves coaching he loves coaching uh the warriors he loves being part of the organization he loves the the team so i i, I absolutely think he will be back in fact i tease him all the time because i'm like yeah you're gonna be like popovich you keep telling me yeah i'm not gonna coach you know <laughs> when i'm like 70 and 70 you know just not for me uh, i go yeah pop told me the same thing he said when tim's done done i'm done and every time i run into pop i'm like didn't him retire a bunch of like he was a long time ago right well, you still doing around here. You're not supposed to be around here, but I think there are just certain guys who love the teaching aspect of coaching. Like they could probably take or leave coaching in the games. Like I, th I think they like it and like the competition. The competition kind of fuels them. 
they like teaching. I think they like teaching and, and coaching is teaching. So yeah, I, I, I mean, Steve has a bunch of different interests and I can see him at some point kind of surprising me when he does. And I have no idea when that'll be just say, yeah, I decided I've had, I've had enough and then just go play a bunch of golf and, you know, hang out with, uh, He's got a grand uh, grandchild now, and you know he's a he's a huge dog guy like I am. So go hang, go hang out with his dog somewhere, go golfing, and <laughs> just say, "See, I'm out of here. I don't 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 try to contact me anymore." But I don't think it's going to be next year. I I just I look at the contract. It's one of those things where it'll happen when it happens. Like he he's not. I don't think he feels like oh, I better get this done. I want to get this done. Let me get my agent on this. Like nah. It'll take care of itself. We got players to do. They had Bob to deal with, and they got other stuff. Well, they get to me. I'm fine. If I, you know, about I'm pretty secure in what I've done around here and uh, my standing. So, but as far as him being here next year, I wouldn't say I'd be shocked if he said I'm done because, again, he has a lot of other interests. But I would be surprised. He's he's got a lot of coaching left in him, and I know he loves doing it. Coaching number thirty is not a terrible gig either. It's, just, oh, it's, it's not a terrible gig at you're all. You're not getting another one like that. You're, you're no, not. You that. <laughs> yeah. uh, okay, let's just shift shift over to the Giants. We don't know yeah. if Otani's made a final decision. Yeah. There is a report that that he is going to the Blue Jays, and I would imagine the Dodgers would have been the second choice. So the Giants don't even get second place theoretically. We don't know. Uh, by the time you listen to this, maybe he's agreed to the d- terms with the Giants. Who knows? But it doesn't sound like that right now, Tommy. Uh, I mean, I never thought that the Giants were going to be the primary team for Otani. They had to be into it. It was a little bit like Judge, maybe a better shot at Otani than they had at Judge last year. But wh- what do you think this puts the Giants? If they don't get Otani, do you think this is a crushing blow? We know the fan base is on edge. And again, yeah. we can't always judge things by that. But that, I mean, that had something to do with Kapler being fired. I, I don't think there's a question about it, that the fan base just never bought into this guy. Yeah. Where do you think this leaves the Giants? I mean, do they have to go get, uh, you know, the guys, right under, somebody right underneath Otani? Where, where are they presuming they are not going to land Otani? Well, I mean, you don't have to do anything. But if you want fans dressed as seats, uh, <laughs> continuing on to the future, then, yeah, I would suggest don't do anything. And you can continue on with the your your, your twenty five thousand going to your games. I mean, yeah, they need somebody. They absolutely need somebody. I didn't think it had to be Otani. And like I've watched Otani for six years. I'm an Angel fan. Uh, I watch a lot of Angel games. The guy is incredibly special. I mean, it's just amazing getting to watch uh, what this guy is able to do. But baseball is a different sport. One guy's not going to help you win. Because if that were the case, the Angels would have won about the last seven worlds. <laughs> they have, they had, I don't even know if this is, anybody could pull this off but the Angels, Tim. They had like five MVPs in a 10-year span and didn't get to the playoff in that <laughs> year span. Not only didn't win, didn't get to the playoff. I think 2013 was the last time they got there. They got swept by the, by the uh, Royals. But uh, he, he is incredible. But here's the thing. I'm not sure that 50 million or whatever he's going to get is prudent if he can't pitch. And you don't know if he can pitch or not or what if what his effectiveness is going to be. Like me and my buddy who's a huge Angel fan too, we've talked about this for a while. Like yeah, we want him. We of course. You, you get love watching Otani. I mean, it's fun. You don't have to turn around TV. You just watch your own team and there he is, but is it prudent to sign him? Uh, for the Angels. Uh, so for the Giants, would it have been prudent for $50 million? Probably for them because they have uh, a ton 
of space. I mean, they, they, they you look at their salaries into the future. There's like nothing going on there. I mean, Webb's going to be making a little bit. Other than that, it's not much. So they could easily fit him and then somebody else in there if they wanted to. The thing is, you could you can't go too far overboard, or maybe the player just doesn't want to go there. And I know fans don't want to hear it, but maybe he just like looked at uh, looked at San Francisco and said, "Nah, not for me." I mean, because we all assumed, oh, he wants to be on the West Coast, and maybe he goes with the Dodgers. Who knows? Uh, he could, he could, but he's never said like all this. Everybody said, "Oh, he wants to win, so he has to go to the Dodgers." Well, he said he wanted to win. He didn't say he wanted to win with the Dodgers. He just said he wanted to win. Doesn't mean he can't win somewhere else. It's been he's been so secretive, hardly ever talk with the Angels. So. I think, and everybody wants Otani news, so everybody was speculating as to what he's thinking, where he's going to go, and that's all it was was speculation because he never said any of this stuff. He just doesn't talk to the to the media. So, uh, it, circling back to the Giants and Otani, if they don't get him, yeah, I do think they need somebody. I don't know if it's Bellinger, I don't know if it's Yamamoto, uh, Snell's out there. Who? That's the one guy I'm not like I wouldn't yeah. recommend paying ace money for a guy that goes six innings every single time. Like I'd like my ace to go seven, eight occasionally. I think we looked it up. Logan Webb last year went like over seven innings. I don't know if it was 10 times or something like that, or at least seven and then eight a few times, two complete games. Like, you know, I think of an ace, but think of a guy that in, you know, if things break right, this guy could finish the game for us. Like it did to Snell. I mean, I mean, the other team would have to like uh, just leave the stadium for him to finish a game. He just doesn't. <laughs> he doesn't finish games, and I don't want to give a guy that type of money who I know is going six innings. I mean, yeah, that's valuable, but hell, if I'm paying starter money, I'd rather give Yamamoto that. I don't even know much about him at all. I'd rather give him thirty-two million dollars a year because I, I think this guy probably finished games over in Japan. I get him. I could be wrong. People are gonna go, no, no, Tommy didn't. He went five innings. But like, okay, then I wouldn't. I retract the statement. But I say yes, they they need something to just energize this this team. And I've I've made this uh, uh, analogy over the last couple of years with the Giants. Farhan's done an incredible job signing these uh, either Rule Five guys or castoffs, if you want to call them that, to one year contracts, uh, one plus one contracts. And I said Farhan does a great job of getting the sprinkles for the ice cream. I go, but the sprinkles are only good when you have the ice cream. I don't want a bowl full of sprinkles. Like if you give me a bowl full of sprinkles, I'm going to say, "What the hell is that? Why do I want a bowl full of sprinkles?" But you put the sprinkles on the ice cream, then okay, sprinkles add something to it. The Giants are a team. Uh, I hate to say it because it, it sounds very demeaning, but it's just sprinkles. They need some ice cream. They need some ice cream on that team. They need the they need main course. So yes, I do think they need somebody, Otani, somebody uh, to be the ice cream on that team. What did you think about like where his future is? You know, they they bring in Bob Melvin, his guy. Uh, yep. Give them give them both multi year. I mean, give Farhan an extension. Sign Melvin for three years. Do you think Farhan is untouchable for three years, or do you think this is still like you're under some amount of microscope? Here? Yeah, I don't think he's untouchable anymore. Um, look, I think he's really really bright. I I mean, we talked to him once a week during the baseball season. I think he's super bright, and I think that goes a long way in any sport but at some point it doesn't matter this is a this is a show me business and if you're not showing the fans some excitement if you and the problem with the giants last year is they were bad and they were boring and that's that's dead that's deadly man i remember when the warriors were just terrible forever but at least they were kind of fun to watch some years they would score they'd get, at least they'd give up on their 30 that their team was scoring 
a bunch of boys. There's got to be some excitement. Like, get me to the ballpark. Why do I want to go to the ballpark? Are you winning? No. Um, do you have somebody that I want to go see? No. Do you play an exciting brand of baseball? No. Okay, so why am I going? Why am I spending 80 bucks to park uh, and buying <laughs> tickets and then spending, you know, garlic fries and, you know, 12 15 $16 beers? Like, why am I doing all this? Like, wait, unless I just want to be out in the sun and I can go to the park. I can do that for a lot cheaper. So give me a reason to go. Either win, play exciting baseball, or give me a star I can go see that at least he'll be fun to watch. So that is, but that's definitely part of the equation, but... Look, the 107 win year, that was a fluke. That was a magic carpet ride. Everything they did that year uh, turned out right. Bring somebody in from the bullpen, got out of the situation, brought somebody up for the minors. He'd win a couple games out of the two weeks he was up there. It just, it worked out like everything they did, every button Kaplan pushed was just perfect. But that that was a mirage. And, and we've seen that. It was just a fluky, fluky year. So, yeah, I mean, I think I still think Farhan is he hasn't gotten dumber over the last few years. I think he's incredibly intelligent, but again, you got to figure it out. Working the margins only gets you so far, but working the margins is great when you already have something substantial. They just haven't had anything substantial, and that's why I think uh, for the fans to get excited and for the health of the franchise, you get you got to have somebody. You get you you just have to have a player or two that are like marquee guys that you plug into the order. You don't have to worry about them coming out in the eighth because a lefty comes in or a righty comes in. Like these are your dudes. They haven't had those guys. All right. We've, we've talked a ton here. I wanted to get to four nineers, but I'll skip over it. I, I want to mention things going on at KMBR, your station. Yeah. Uh, I, I know it's, you know, it could be sensitive. I don't want to, like, you know, grill you on things you just can't talk about. But what's it like to have your co host get named the program director out of the look? Adam Copeland's, you know, a guy I respect guy yep. I like but that surprised you a little bit how does that change the dynamic in there i don't know that i've been i, I get surprised at much nowadays uh i was so i was happy for him um I, I think he's incredibly talented and incredibly hardworking and and incredibly smart i just i i think he's got a a bright future in this business um i was and i wasn't surprised they offered it to him i was surprised he took it i'm like damn you want to do this like <laughs> A lot of work for you. I know you have a lot of energy, but geez, maybe I'm just thinking about it. I, there's not a chance in hell I would even do that, I would even consider anything like that. But I, I think they picked the right guy, like a guy that can handle those type of of, of decisions that need to be made. And 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 trust me on. I mean, you you know, but I I felt like I I don't like talking to people uh, that just babble on social media because i feel like why why do i need to talk to the idiots i'll just let the idiots talk between themselves but it was something i wanted to get out there one of the shows last week that you know he didn't make all these decisions mm -hmm. there's some people out there that are under this impression that he was the one that made all these decisions on the show and that was way 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 above his head like they they, they just that was at the very top level they were making these decisions and it's radio and radios, you know, uh, it, 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 with all the other options, you know, they're trying to figure out their way right now and where they kind of fit into the landscape. But as far as copes goes, I have no doubt that he will do a, a great job, uh, uh as a PD. Uh, I don't even care. It's funny. Cause I, you know, he sits right across from me and I'm like, and I just look at him as, as copes and he's my, He's my co-host, but, you know, before the show, he's having to do stuff. After the show, he's having to do stuff. But 
he's young. He's got a lot of energy. And if uh, if anybody could do it, that's the guy that could do it. I mean, I think they couldn't have picked a better guy to do the job. It's very philosophical question here. You know, radio, terrestrial radio, it's an interesting spot. It's an interesting spot for everybody in the media yeah. trying to figure out as things change you know, underneath our feet. You know, where do you think this is going? I mean, how long does terrestrial radio have to be what it is? I mean, and it's changing as we speak. But like, do you worry about like kind of the next three, five, seven, ten years for your industry and for the industry at large? I, you know, I don't know if I look at it like that. I mean, I see it uh, uh, from a big picture standpoint, but it's so personal for me that I just go and do shows and try to have fun and laugh and and talk sports and just do the same thing the next day. But yeah, if I step back and take a look at it, I wonder where it's going. The thing I love about radio, and I think people uh, miss by not tuning into radio, is it's it's live. Uh, in our case, it's a lot of ad lib. Like you're asking people to think on their feet and get reaction to certain things, and and you're getting spontaneous and you're getting that reaction. Uh, that you can't get with podcasts because podcasts can be, as you well know, I mean, you edit them, you, you get the best stuff in there, you can take some stuff out, you can package it in a certain way. And I think podcasts, I mean, I, I love listening to podcasts as well. You don't get that immediacy that I think you get with radio sometimes, but I don't know that people care anymore. I don't know. There are probably some people, but I think, you know, the younger generation wants what they want. They want it now. And if they got to wait for it or wait through a commercial break to get to it, man, I want to be, I want to drive. I want to stick it in. And if I don't like this subject, I, you know, I can fast forward to the 20 minute mark and listen to them talk about that. So it's just a different landscape now that, you know, you go on TV, you, how many uh, streaming devices do we have? I want to watch that. I want to watch that movie. You know, I, I always say back when I was growing up, we loved, loved, uh, my mom's calling. Hey, mom, how are you? Doing? <laughs> wow, we'll, we'll get uh, off pretty quick. For no, you. that's okay. Mom, I know where mom's at. Mom's <laughs> over at her sister's house in Pinole, so I'll get her I'll get back here in a uh, in a second. But I, I always tell this story because I think it's relevant. Uh, when I was younger, at the end of Thanksgiving and going into December, we waited like all year to watch Frosty the Snowman. And watch Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And watch all those Christmas specials that were once a year. And there were no, you couldn't record them. You had to look through a TV guide, find out when they were going to be on. And you were going to be in front of the TV. Because guess what? If you missed it, you waited another year for it. There was no redos at that point. It's like, oh, you got to be kidding me. How could I miss that? Which is why we didn't miss it. Well, right now, I can go on TV and watch all those shows if I wanted to. In the next hour and a half, I could just boop, 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 we're good to go. So everybody gets what they want when they want it. And I think that's what hurts radio a little bit is is radio is kind of the waiting for Frosty the Snowman. At like December 10th, you're like, when's it going to Oh, it's going to be on the 18th. Uh, okay, we're going to make sure we're in the house. We're going to watch. Okay, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but it was awesome. I mean, I loved it because it was so much more exciting than like, yeah, I'm going to watch Frosty Snowman in July. Like, <laughs> I just pop it up here on my streaming device and you know, I get it when I want to get it. So uh, I don't know where it's going. I, I know I love doing it and I, I do love the immediacy of it and I do love the the connection with the, uh, the audience, but I understand that it's just, you know, people want what they want and they want it now and and that's probably not the, uh, you know, when you think of radio, the, you got to wait a little bit and be a little bit patient. And I'm not sure people love that. 
All right, Tommy, I will end this with a version of the question I've asked you many times before. And I'm going to ask you the same one because our tastes are pretty similar. So they're a little sometimes yep. you get a little above me and I appreciate that. Uh, your tastes are very good. Uh, Tom Tolbert, what's your favorite book right uh, now? You Always know ask you that one. Always I ask you that one. I knew you're going to ask me that. And I have not read a book in a while. And I hate myself for not reading. It's like once I get into sports, mm. it's so hard for me to get into a book because football season is I, there's so many college games I watch on a Saturday and then the NFL I got games that I watch on a Sunday and then you know you got basketball season and I'm, I'm doing basketball and I'll try to mix in a hockey game every now and then. I mean just I feel like I'm always catching up on this stuff and always watching this stuff so I haven't dug into a book but I did, and I know you've seen this, but I did watch something that I'd watched probably like 10, 15 years ago, but I wanted to watch it again because it was so good. Uh, Band of Brothers. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it's just that kind of stuff. I just I try to put myself in their position and think, God, how did they do what they did? Like, how could they summon the courage to do those sort of things? And I think a lot of it is the brotherhood you have with the people that you're sharing this experience with, this horrific experience of war, and just watching it. I think I watched it in like two nights. It's like 10 episodes. I watched five a night because I just couldn't get away from it because just I'm thinking, you know, they were like my age when I was in, in, in college, uh, 21, 22, younger sometimes, like when I was in high school. And I just think, how could I, how could I do that? How could I, how could I be in that situation and function and not, and not want to go crawl in a hole somewhere. And the bravery that some of these people uh, possess is just, it was really amazing in the brotherhood that they had together. And, you know, sometimes you do stuff that you don't want to do because, you know, someone's counting on you to do it. It just, I love that TV show. And I was reminded how much I loved it when I watched it. So it was, it's really, it, it's just, man, sometimes I just like kind of, and they're watching it going, man, how, in the world did they make it through that and a lot of them obviously didn't but the ones that did they interviewed him uh during the course of the uh uh this the, the i don't know if you document it's not really a documentary but it was like a mini series and so to speak but yeah i just i really enjoyed that a lot yeah i watched it at the time i i i, I you're making me want to go back and rewatch it that's you know one of those I, the other one one of them i think like that you ever watched from the earth to the moon hbo series on the whole astronaut program, uh, you know, raced it into space. It was like that. It was, you know, it was a movie cut up into, into parts, yeah. but it was based on historical kind of racing the Russians and, you know, the, the contractors and the astronauts and all the workers in NASA. It just, it just kind of brought you through it. And you thought, I don't know that this is possible ever to do again. I don't know. Um, you know, the, the money and the willpower and the commitment and the stubbornness it took to get, you know, the whole program up into space uh, and the, you know, the creativity and the brilliance is just like, I don't know that could ever happen again. Different level than, you know, World War II, but I yeah, didn't I I I watch it from Earth to Moon. Yeah, from said. the Earth to the Moon, from the Earth to the, it was like in the, you know, 90s, I think it came out, but. Tom Hanks, and again, it's similar. He was a co-producer yeah. or whatever. It's, you know, the whole Apollo 13 kind of, you know, feeling to it. Like these yeah. normal people, sometimes crazy, sometimes maybe even a little corrupt, 
you know, in all these different little projects that had to be put together to get, you know, from nothing to orbiting the earth to the moon and just every step of the way. It, it's really fascinating stuff. I'll definitely, I'll definitely check it out because I would say, have you seen the one I've seen it? I can't, I wish I could remember the name of the show, but it's on Apple TV where it's a space thing. A space oh yeah. Show. Yeah. For, for all mankind. I think yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. I want to yeah. see that. Yeah. It's, it's pretty cool because it's actually the Russians, uh, I forget. I think the Russians beat us to the moon mm-hmm. and then kind of everything that happens after that. So like everything changes, but they spliced in like historical footage mm-hmm. of things that happened during that time. And it's a race. to get. Yeah, it, it's pretty cool. It's like, I don't know, four seasons and I'm waiting for the next season to come out. But that was that that was pretty cool. I did enjoy that one. But uh-huh. I, I, I love the space stuff. Yeah, it, it just it's Americana. It You know, it's it's yep. and it's. You know, we we're, we're too young for it, but we're not young enough to not feel it, right? We feel that era more than we live through it. But uh, I do think I love that stuff. All right, Tommy, call your mom uh, yes. as always. Appreciate, appreciate you on. You are my good luck charm. I've told you this many times, uh, and it's always great to have you on. Thanks, Tim. Always a pleasure. And uh, whenever you need me, I'll be there. You'll be there. All right, Tommy. Thanks so much. Such a show for today.